Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's Breaking Up podcast episode. I hope you're doing well. I am doing really well, not gonna lie. I'm currently sitting in bed. It's a Wednesday night. I'm all bundled up because it's dropping to about 30 degrees where I live overnight and it's 10:30 right now. I'm already feeling the temperature drop. So we are pretty bundled in this apartment. I'm feeling very cozy fall vibes lately. So it's can't complain, you know, really cannot complain. But welcome back to this week's episode of my podcast. If you are new, this is primarily a dating podcast. But more recently, I found that a lot of people like when I incorporate more of my life into this podcast as well. So it's becoming like a lifestyle dating podcast, but I always make sure to touch on dating, genre, love, life, relationship, stuff like that. So today's episode, I'm going to give you a summary on what's been going on this week, an update on my health, um, some news here and there that you may not know about, and then I'm going to talk specifically about defining relationships because I'm kind of going through this right now, and without giving away too much in this intro, I did feel like I should chat about it some more with you on a platform that feels laid back and completely authentic. Not saying that my other platforms aren't authentic, but I really don't have to censor myself in any way on this podcast, which is super awesome. And I just love creating that relationship between me and the listeners that way. So yeah, that's kind of the plan for this week's episode. I hope that you enjoy, but let's get right on into it. So these last couple of podcast episodes, you may remember, or maybe if you didn't listen, that's totally fine. Maybe you saw on Instagram or even today, my new YouTube video that I just uploaded talks about this whole issue, like in complete depth, I guess. It's like the full story. That was all super, super big. But basically, If you've been listening, you know that I have had a few health concerns going on, a couple health health scares, and I got a second skin biopsy done, like a big skin surgery to remove a big chunk of my skin that uh, came back abnormal, and that was really scary because skin cancer runs my family. I'm at high risk, and when I went to get a mole removed and it came back abnormal, atypical, that definitely piqued my anxiety. It definitely freaked me out a little bit. But after, I think, a complete week um, after that surgery, I did hear back from my doctor and they said that they removed everything that they were concerned about. So I think I mentioned this in my last episode, but when I did get that surgery incision, it was super, super deep. It was a huge cut. It required two layers of stitches. The doctor held up on her hand like how deep they cut into my skin and like the chunk that they took out. <laughs> TMI, it's it's so gross. But they said that they got everything that they were concerned about out with that second incision to keep it from spreading and I'm completely good. I just have to get that area checked once a year from now on to make sure that nothing is happening in that area. Nothing's, um, I guess, spreading even though they said that they got it all. We just have to watch it. And then I'm actually going back to the doctor uh, in two weeks for a full skin check. Basically, they're just going to check to make sure all of my moles and freckles and stuff like that looks normal. But I think I'm going to 
request for them to remove as many moles as they can because I would rather have them come back normal now than wait until they're bothering me, get them removed, have them come back abnormal, and then have to go through this whole recovery process again with what I've been going through on my soldier, soldier, shoulder, shoulder, um, just with stitches and everything. It was super, super painful and worrisome and hard to just live my day-to-day life with it. So yeah, that's the plan. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to (laughs) go and take off every single mole that I can think of. But long story short, I'm really glad that my results came back okay the second time. I'm in the clear. I no longer have to be worried. And I tried really hard not to be anxious about it too much or too paranoid. Like my mother even said, don't worry about it yet until you know what it is you're worrying about. Like we really don't know. This could be nothing. And so I tried to just continue living life normally and keep myself busy, aware that we weren't sure yet. And now that we are sure, I don't have to worry. It's fine. It's over with. And I'm just so grateful that I did go in when I did to get that mole removed because who knows what could have happened if I waited, if it spread more, like what it could have turned into. I feel very, very lucky and just grateful for that. So (laughs) if you are concerned about anything, do not hesitate to go get it looked at, get it removed. You never know. So, and I really did not know, like I didn't think it would turn into this and it did. So it was really scary, but I'm so glad that we can kind of close the chapter of that, close the book on that. I'm trying to think of the phrase. Um, yeah. Anyway, I felt the need to update you because out of all of my socials, I feel like the people that listen to this podcast are the most up to date and invested with me on this journey. And I just really wanted to tell you guys I'm okay and I'm so happy about that. Uh, but that aside, I mean, that was something really great that happened this last week. Another couple of great things. I had therapy last night. That went well. I bring this up for a couple of reasons. The first reason being, if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen that I had to deal with a couple of slight incidences on social media with Instagram and DMs and also on OnlyFans. Basically, a quick gist, if you are unfamiliar, is I message hundreds of people a day for work, for promos. I just have to communicate with a ton of people. And because of that mass amount of individuals that I'm chatting with, I'd say like 90% of the time, everyone is super sweet and kind and understanding and just normal. And then the other 10%, you get some people that are a little bit harder to harder to communicate with, um, have a harder under time, harder time understanding. Sorry, I don't know why I'm stuttering so much tonight. I haven't had anything to drink all day. It's fairly early in the evening. Maybe I'm just a little jittery or anxious because my anxiety has been up a lot more this week than normal. Um, But yeah, I apologize for that. Basically, I had to deal with somebody who was super rude and impatient and most of the time I just ignore them or they stop replying. I really do not initiate or play into arguments on Instagram DMs. Like, I will literally just block you and not deal with you. I will be kind, cordial, because screenshots have been taken from the other party and, like, posted. And I, I mean, that aside, even if that wasn't an issue, I would rather be the bigger person in the situation and just say, have a great night or best of luck. Like, it's not worth it, honestly. 
So something like that happened yesterday and it she went from like zero to a thousand in one message. It was insane. Um, so I had a post about that, but this just really brought back all of the stress and anxiety that I have felt every time I have to open a message on Instagram because once you open it, the other person knows that you've read it. It's unread. Like you have to do something about it. You can't just leave them on read without them knowing. Uh, and usually you can't really see a message on Instagram as well, especially when people send me more than one message because then it just says two unread messages. It doesn't show me more than a couple of words that they sent. So depending on how they're starting that sentence, I can get really, really anxious about reading that and not knowing if this person is mad at me or upset or having some issue with something that I am supposed to fix. It can be a lot. That being said, I actually did take today off. It's a Wednesday and I usually don't do this, but I did take today off of answering messages in my DMs. Uh, Just because surprisingly, like, dealing with all of this gets to my mental health so much more than I would expect it to, and that was so surprising, but it's draining. It is mentally, physically, emotionally draining to be on all the time and give myself to so many messages, and I want to help. I want to be there. I want to, like, work with as many people as I can throughout the day, so it is kind of a tough battle and my therapist and I were talking about this because she really wants me to close my DMs, just like no longer request or accept requests in my DMs, no longer chat with new people. It's just too much. But right now I feel like the pros outweigh the cons because I have met so many more of you guys through the DMs and there are so many of you that I do enjoy chatting with that I look forward to and have created such better relationships with the people that support my content. Like, I don't want to lose that intimacy between me and my followers that I know eventually I probably will have to, but that is a big reason why I don't want to. And then the promos is such a great way to make extra cash, and it's a great way to help you guys as well. I just feel like I cannot take away this this tool yet, but my therapist is trying to tell me that I should and I know that she's right and it might just take more incidences like incidents why do I feel like I'm saying that wrong it just might take more incidents like last night for me to realize that and I think every time this happens I do just get closer and closer to hitting that breaking moment of closing my dms like they're open right now but who knows how much longer I can allow this this um this like privilege almost to be there for you, which sucks, but I really value what my therapist says and I've worked with her since I was 17 and for the most part, she's always been right. So I do value the advice that she's trying to give me and I do think that she is right on some level. So yeah, that's just like a little bit of what's been going on this week. Uh, My therapist was also the one that told me I need to get an assistant and I followed through with that. So I did talk about this a little bit in last week's podcast episode. I find this super interesting as like a smaller creator, um, kind of like the process of hiring and like helping, like hiring help, I guess, for social media and content creation. I'm sure if you listen to podcasts like Pretty Basic or follow Alicia Marie and like those YouTubers on YouTube, they're usually pretty open about hiring. And I know that Alicia specifically has talked about 
what it's like becoming somebody's boss or like how do you go about hiring somebody when you are your own boss and you run your own company like you don't it's just a learning experience so I always found it super interesting to hear her experience and her thoughts on this on her podcast with Remy Ashton so I figured I might as well include a little bit about my experience on this podcast in case somebody else is also curious about kind of what that process entails because I'm learning as I go. This is super new to me as well. I mean, heck, it took a while for me to even admit and agree with my therapist that I did need help and I did need an assistant because I take so much pride in doing everything on my own and I'm also in a way this has such bad like negative connotations to it, but I can be super controlling with my work. Like I want to be in control. I have to be the one to do a lot of the things that I do. And it's not that I couldn't find somebody to do it. It's that I have trained myself down to like 0.001 seconds of editing and like down to every single point for editing photos or thumbnails and whatever it is that I just don't trust anybody to be able to do it exactly how I know I would do it. And that's what makes my content so unique and part of my brand that I can't just hire somebody else to mimic it and still have it be what I what I think I want it to be, if that makes any sense. But something that I realized I did really need help with was responding to emails. That is the one thing that I will allow to sit on the back burner of my work for days, for weeks even, without responding to emails to brands or companies, sponsorships. It is totally not professional. I completely probably have lost brand deals because of this, because I just don't follow through. Or if I start working with a brand and then realize that I don't want to work with them. This is so bad and I hate that I'm admitting this, but I will be honest. I just stop replying when really I need to follow through, even if it's to say that I've like chosen to decline their offer at this moment. And I just need help like organizing my emails, responding to emails within 24 hours, creating a better professional like outlook on that and then securing brand deals because I... Okay, YouTubers really don't talk about this, but I feel like more YouTubers need to talk about this because as a YouTuber myself, I have no idea sometimes how much to charge for compensation rates when it comes to brand deals. And it takes a lot of like deep diving into the world of content creation to figure out how much I can charge and what I should be charging so that I'm not being ripped off, so that I'm like getting what I'm worth, if that makes sense. I went into the summer charging $100 for a brand deal. My channel was a lot smaller back then. That was kind of my rate for about a year and it was working out pretty well. Some companies would give me $150 up to $200. It kind of just depended on what that sponsorship entailed, if Instagram was part of that and whatnot. Now that I've hit 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and 10,000 on Instagram, I, my audience has doubled over. Like, the reach that I have is so much higher that I have no idea, or I guess I had no idea really what I should be charging because I don't want to undersell myself. But at the same time, because it it grew so high in such a short amount of time, it feels really weird for me to go from charging such a low rate to now charging so much more. 
And I think I will just tell you guys because like I said, I wish more YouTubers would be open about this because as a creator myself, this would be really helpful to kind of pinpoint where I stand when it comes to collaborations. So now, and I think the like rule of thumb that I've found out online is like 100 per 10,000 or 1,000 if that makes sense. So now with my new audience reach and subscriber count, I charge around 500 for a brand deal, um, sometimes more if Instagram is involved. If it's just Instagram, because it's at 10K, I kind of follow that like 100 per 10K rule. So it's just 100 to 150 for Instagram. And I hope that helps other people. If you're ever like interested or curious even how much YouTubers or influencers are charging that aren't quite at like 100 million, 100 million, 100,000 or a million followers, I feel like that's a fairly average rate for my size. Um, but yeah, now that I'm at this size, I do get, I, I'll be honest, I get a lot of emails and I do want to follow up with a lot of brands and I need to get better at like representing myself to brands and securing brand deals. And I kind of have a problem where I'll accept everything and then be super, super overwhelmed with all of these collaborations that I'm working on. So I did start a hiring process for someone to manage my emails and essentially just be my manager without having a manager scout me out that works under a network that takes a big percentage of my earnings that takes away my copyright um and like owns me i want like an independent manager this is very very similar to a couple of my youtube friends i don't think i can give away who does this but that's where i got the idea from there's so much trust there's so much more like relationship level to that because it's just you and one other person that you trust without any legal like big companies in the way that can fuck with your content essentially. So all I did was list a now hiring thing on my Instagram. I got about 50 inquiries off the bat. I came up with a written out job description that went into detail about what I um, was hoping someone could help me out with. Basically just saying exactly what I said, except in a very formal way, asking for somebody to manage my emails, represent me to brands, secure brand deals, negotiate my rates, and scout out new uh, sponsorships that fit my brand if I am ever looking for something. Like, for example, if I am redoing my room, a great uh, scouting technique that my manager could do is reach out to brands that supply bedding or bedroom furniture or stuff like that that would fit that um, video nicely. And then once I sent out the job application, now I'm in the interviewing process, which is actually super fun because now that I've looked over resumes and have been in communication with a few of you guys, I am looking forward to FaceTiming or Zoom call meeting, Skyping, (laughs) I don't really know what that would be. And seeing if that professional, like, connection is there between us, and that's really what I'm looking for, I completely believe that, like, this job is fairly easy. Anybody could really do it if I trained them right. Like, you don't have to be a genius with, like, a master's degree or something to do this job. I just need to be able to trust you, and I need you to understand social media and trends and that world that I'm part of, which I think is one of the biggest 
things that I'm looking for is if they watch YouTubers, if they're familiar with ads and what's trending, that will really make a big difference. So next week I will be doing interviews with some of these people that I think will be a great fit and I don't want to jinx anything right now, but off the bat there was this one applicant that just blew me away and I really think she would be such a perfect fit. So I hope everything works out. I'm looking forward to it, but I really did just feel like I had to teach myself this whole process and fake it till you make it with hiring. Uh, I had no idea how to go about it. I just knew that at the end of this, I needed somebody that I could trust that would be a really good fit for me and my content. Think like David Dobrik and Natalie or TK and Alicia, but I know their responsibilities are very different to what I'm looking for. But what I mean by these two examples is they have such a great compatible like relationship with one another that even if they work together and that professional relationship comes first, they're also friends and that's what I'm looking for. So yeah, that has kind of been my my journey with hiring and I'll definitely keep you guys updated and hopefully this will just ease my stress and help my brand and business and just make things easier because that's really why my therapist was pushing me getting an assistant so badly and I just know this will at the end of the day make a difference and it's all thanks to her. So yeah. Anyway, I think that's like everything that's been going on this week. Uh, I hope you guys have had a great week. I constantly feel like my weeks blur together, not only because we're stuck in a pandemic still, but my type of work, it's just like content, content, content. So if I'm not creating content like I am right now, I'm editing it, I'm uploading it, and then that cycle continues and I do it all over again. While at the same time, I'm posting as many promos as I can on my OnlyFans. And I don't know if OnlyFans is something that you want me to be chatting about more on this podcast because I did that one episode on my thoughts on Bella Bella Fan. Wow, I must be tired. Um, I did that one episode on my thoughts on Bella Thorne on OnlyFans and that did really well. So I don't know. Is that something you want me to be talking about more on this platform? I know it does well on YouTube and I don't know how many of those audience members trickle to my podcast, but... Um, yeah, I can definitely chat about it. I really don't even know where to start. Oh, I can tell you about an OnlyFans drama that I had to deal with this morning that you may have seen on Twitter or Instagram, but I can kind of talk more about it unfiltered on this podcast right now. Basically, I got a new subscriber maybe like a week ago who just off the bat was rude and skeptical and messaged me even on Instagram just to say that my OnlyFans account made him mad which I did not respond to. I didn't even open it. I could just see that part um, before I I accepted the message, which to some degree I do understand sometimes when guys are confused because on my feed, most of the content is promos. And then on weekends, I post my own content and all of my photos, videos, explicit content is strictly in the DMs. There's just so much more control over who I am allowing to see that content and then also that price to secure that they will actually buy it. And that they're not just trolling or buying my subscription to leak my photos. There's just a, an, uh, a, oh my god, why am I stuttering so much tonight? I'm getting frustrated with myself. I'm so sorry. You know what it is. It's probably that I'm home alone all week talking to myself or my cats. And I don't have this practice of having an actual conversation with another human. That when I'm chatting to my microphone for the first time all week, I end up stuttering a lot. So sorry. 
<laughs> I hope you don't mind. But what I was saying is it's an added level of security for my own content by doing this. And most of the guys that understand this are super respectful or they just get it and then they answer my question about what they want to see in the DMs. But off the bat, this one guy was rude, confused, was upset, and then I responded with the message that I always send out, just offering like what photos I do have for purchase in the DMs. And then I think what did it was last weekend, I sent out my weekend content in a mass message on OnlyFans, which highly recommend. It makes me the most money. I mean, I think I make more for doing referrals, but it's it's made me more money, I should say, doing it this way rather than asking on like my timeline if someone would want to purchase it, if that makes sense. So I sent out the video for the weekend and at first this guy didn't even open it. He was like, how do I know this is you and I'm not being scammed? First of all, sir, it's $10. I'm not trying to scam you. It's just 10 bucks. It's my own video. And I just said like, it's a video of me. That's why it's in the DMs, duh. And then he finally opened it and he was like, that's not you. Yes, it is me. And I responded saying, I I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I said, it's clearly me. You can see my room. If you follow my other content, you know that that's my bedroom. You can see my tattoo. Like, it's very, very clear. There's no doubt about it. This is a video of me. I have clear tattoos. It's taken in my bedroom mirror. If you watch my bedroom makeover or just follow my Instagram, like you can see it's my bedroom. My cat is literally in the photo. There is no denying that. I should say video. It's not a photo. There is no denying that this isn't me. So I say that. He responds being like, nah, that's not you. Send me a photo of you and then I'll pay. And then I blocked him because he's either trying to get free content or he's just really freaking dumb And either way, it's not going to end well. You can pretty much tell at this point how they're going to respond. And he wasn't listening. I don't know what his deal was, but I decided to take a screenshot for proof that included part of the video clip so that you could see my tattoo, my cap, my bedroom in the mirror. And I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Instagram. And a lot of people were saying that he was probably just trying to get free content. Otherwise, he's like, he's got to be pretty freaking dumb. And then some girls were actually sharing their own experiences with other guys that have done similar things to them on their OnlyFans. And it's just ridiculous. I cannot believe it. But that was definitely something very frustrating that happened earlier today. So overall, I just kind of took a social media break. I wasn't on OnlyFans a ton. And I, I don't really like to go through those messages too often because I have to sort through the the good and the bad. And then I wasn't on Instagram going through those messages as much either today. It was a really good social media break hump day this Wednesday. I actually spent a lot of it outside. I went for a long hike over like three miles until dusk. It was much needed to say the least. But yeah, I think those are all the slight updates I wanted to talk to you guys about that's been going on this last week, but why don't we take a break and then we can deep dive into my juicy, confusing relationship status and my thoughts on defining a relationship. So we'll be right back. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, 
phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise, so definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone, so there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an After Dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimalistic or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com store slash Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you, and if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. Welcome back. So let's get right on into it. All of my life, I always felt such a a rush to define a relationship or a level of excitement when you get to that point with your significant other to have that what are we conversation or to have them ask will you be my girlfriend or boyfriend and then have this new level of status that you get to proudly announce to other people and show off and be like yeah that's my man or that's my girl that's my girlfriend it's exciting and there is a level of like, not ownership, because that's really messed up of me to say, but, like, knowing that that is your person and nobody else's, if you are doing an exclusive relationship and not polyamory of some sort. But from my experience, I've always been very, very excited to be at that exclusive point with my partner of only dating each other and being able to call that person my boyfriend or girlfriend it's it's really comforting and exciting and it makes me all giddy and happy that they are my person and I get to tell everybody they are mine until this year a lot has been going on and I've learned to be a little bit more private about my relationships on social media it's just become something that I treasure so much more and I want to keep it between just me and this other person or people in my life and really protect it at all costs because I, as you know, share so much online. I mean, heck, I started this podcast to chat all about my love life and talk about things that most people don't really overshare online. I've gotten a, a tad bit of criticism about this as well even some hate, but you know, if I feel like it could help somebody, if I feel like as a viewer or a listener of somebody else, 
if I saw that they made content like this and I wanted to watch, I'm going to make that. Does that make sense? Like, I always think, like, if somebody, like, what would I want somebody else to make and listen to or watch and then I try to make that content? I don't know if that makes sense or if I'm just talking to myself at this point, but I usually will think about, if I think it can help somebody, I'll talk about it. And that's why I share a lot of my dating stories or if I think other people would be curious to hear about it, like I want to have that close relationship with you. I want it to feel like we're at a sleepover and we're in our jammies just like talking about life and dating together. Like I want that level of intimacy between us. So that's why I share a lot of my personal life. But ever since my boyfriend at the time and I broke up at the start of quarantine, And I went through the breakup and I talked about it a little bit here and there where I made TikToks about it. I haven't really like given you a full update on what's been going on or what I've been doing. And I've focused more on previous relationships and stories or sharing stuff about that rather than updates on what's been going on this summer and what has occurred or happened. And a lot of that is because in the moment, I really didn't know. Like everything was so up in the air. I had my ex-boyfriend coming back to me at my door, like crying, practically on his knees, wanting to get back together, leaving me gifts, roses, flowers, cards, love letters, texting me, calling me. Like, this is stuff I really only told a few people in my life, not even most of my family. And I didn't know what to make of it. I just knew at the time that I wasn't going to get back together with someone when we had so many issues to work through or just there was so much not working like how could I just ignore all of that and get back together completely fearful of him just breaking up with me again for the fourth for the fifth for the sixth time like it had gotten so repetitive there was just no way that I could ignore that and get back with him so instead I kind of just went on my way this summer went through the breakup, learned how to be single, felt like I was really thriving, downloaded a couple of dating apps, entered the messy world of dating once again, went on a couple FaceTime dates because quarantine, and hit it off with a couple of guys that seemed chill, but none of them really clicked, if that makes sense. And I, we, it was always the same stale conversations and Snapchats or follower follow follows that led to unfollowing and opened unresponded to snapchats or no more facetime dates or once we could go out to patios not really having that invite i guess and i wasn't putting in a lot of effort either And I realized that I'm going to be single. I'm going to focus on my career. This was the start of summer. My channel was starting to really pop off and I needed to focus on that in my own future. And it's always when you least expect it, isn't it? It's always when you think you're doing great, when it hits you like a mother freaking train. So I'm at this point now where there is no label There is no defining status of where I stand with my current partner and it's fine. Like, we have never been this healthy, this well, like, together, if that makes sense. And maybe a big part of that is there is no defining label to us. 
That being said, we have definitely had conversations about mutually just seeing each other exclusively, not seeing anybody else from the outside, from anybody trying to translate my relationship status. We are dating. It's pretty clear. We are exclusively just seeing each other and spending every single weekend together. So, by all means, yeah, we're dating, but we haven't had that talk of like, what are we? What are we going to do? Can I call you this? Can I call you that? It's, we've definitely checked in with each other and asked, how are you doing? Are you still like good with this? Where do you think we should go from here? But that aside, this is the first relationship that I've been in where I don't feel the pressure or the giddiness and I can't wait until like this happens to become the girlfriend or be in that relationship kind of world. I'm just doing me and then if I have time on the weekends, we see each other. And so far, every single weekend we've hung out and we text almost every single day. So it it does take away so much pressure for me, which is really, really nice because I am selfishly putting work first and I don't know how much longer I have where I feel like I'm thriving and everything is just doing really well. So I want to chase that as long as I can and not let this potential go to waste, if that makes sense. But I try really hard to make time on the weekends to not work and to spend time with people that I love. So it's been going really, really well. And what's funny is my therapist even asked me uh, last night, like, so how are you guys? Like, are you dating yet? And I had to say, no, but you know, we did look at engagement rings last weekend. (laughs) And it makes zero sense. Like that sentence alone had my friend hysterical at dinner because I told my friend about this too, where I was like, no, we're not dating, but we did try on rings. It just, it doesn't make sense, but it's funny. It's where we stand. It for some reason was not weird. It felt so right to do that. We were trying on rings and I went over my ring size and it didn't feel like uncomfortable at all. All and we weren't even officially dating. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just skip the whole dating part and go into r- ring status, engagement. Not saying that's happening anytime soon. I definitely want to focus on my career, buy a townhome, maybe a condo, do the single life a little bit longer. But it is just crazy. I had never expected to be this content with not having a label on my relationship. But Surprisingly, it's working. Surprisingly, I cannot complain and I never would have pictured myself here. But then again, 2020 was so unimaginable, so I should not be this surprised that this is where I currently stand. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of an update on my love life and my relationship status. I think you'll hear more about it here and there. Like I try to show glimpses of it on Instagram and like stories and bits and pieces in my YouTube videos that you know, I, I mention it here and there. So you'll get sprinkles of it for now. I'm not sure when or if that will change, but that's pretty much it. Like I, I guess from the outside, I'm still single, but I'm also spending my time with one specific person that I love a lot and it's been going so well. So let's end on that note. Cause that's a pretty great note to end on. That's pretty much all I have to say in this week's podcast episode, but thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. If you could do me the biggest favor and leave a five-star review, you would make my life. I never check my podcast reviews because 
One time I checked and there was a one-star review that just really, really got at me. And since this isn't like YouTube or Instagram and I can't just delete the hate comment, it's out there forever. I have chosen to just not look at it ever. Maybe someday I'll have a friend like pick through them and just screenshot me some positive ones so I can see yours. But if you could just do me the biggest blessing and leave me a five-star review, it would really, really help. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this on whatever platform that you are using to listen to this podcast. I have an Instagram, breaking up, pod- breaking up underscore podcast, as well as my own personal Instagram, my KK17. So definitely check that out. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and I'll see you next week or I guess you'll hear me next week with a new podcast episode. Bye! If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.